When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following is a Learfield presentation of the Wolfpack Sports Network. Welcome to Wolfpack Weekly with Coach Kevin Keats on the Wolfpack Sports Network from Learfield. Your weekly pass inside the Wolfpack basketball program. Coming up, 60 minutes of NC State basketball talk. Wolfpack Weekly is brought to you by UNC Health, the official health care provider of NC State Athletics. And by Coca-Cola. They say Coke Zero Sugar is irresistibly tasty. Does that make it the best Coke ever? Find out for yourself. Now, alongside Coach Keats, here's Tony Haynes. The NBA road trip continues for the NC State men's basketball team after playing back-to-back games in Las Vegas and splitting those games on Thursday and Friday. NC State's back on the road for a pair of games this week. In fact, in the first ACC-SEC Challenge, NC State will play a game at Ole Miss tomorrow night. Tip time will be at 9 o'clock. We'll be on the air with our pregame coverage at 8 p.m. And the ACC opener (laughs) is upon us on Saturday as uh, NC State will travel to Boston College, and that one gets underway at 4 o'clock. We have a bunch to talk about here over the next hour. This is Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats. The head coach of the pack is here. I'm Tony Haynes along with uh, Jeff Gravely. NC State now 4-1 and one after losing to BYU on Friday night. Hard-fought game. Ole Miss will come in tomorrow night's contest at 5-0. and oh. All right, Kevin, what's uh, Thanksgiving in Las Vegas like? <laughs> you know what? It's um, it was good. We just we we had our turkey a little lot later than everybody else. Um, you know, obviously one of the things you don't want to do is eat too much uh, food early on, <laughs> and have to play a game on Thanksgiving Day. And so, you know, we had the food set up um, after our game. Obviously, which would let me think about this. That would have been really Thanksgiving was over here, but it wasn't over in Vegas. Right, because, the game is over at nine. Yeah. Uh, Vegas time. So that's you probably right. got back to the hotel around 10, 30, 11 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's when you had the Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, it was it was we, it was right at the hotel. So about an, I would say about an hour afterwards. So it would probably have been one o'clock here. And our guys were very grateful. We had um, 
We had Thanksgiving dinner and we had ice cream for the first of time of our season. So I don't know. We saw the, the tweet you sent yeah. was phenomenal. It was, if folks, if you hadn't seen it, it was uh, Kevin tweeted out obviously the ice cream emojis, but the picture were scoops of ice cream being carved up like a turkey. I thought that was pretty phenomenal. I knew you would like it, yeah. Jeff. That's why I did it that way. Yeah, I said, for you. I said, it, you would, it was you would, phenomenal. You would appreciate that more than anybody that was on the thread or anything else. <laughs> I did. Well, you know, the BYU game got underway at 10.20 Eastern time. Uh, so uh, I'm try I was trying to calculate when you guys would hit the ground here in Raleigh. What time was it? I think we got back probably about 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. Wow. Oh, yeah. 6 a.m. And uh, what a... Long day, uh, you know. We got a lot out of our trip. You know, um, it's a good. It was a good tournament, and you know, we we found a lot about a lot of different things, and um, you know, had one game where we won and one game where we didn't. So, we, you know, obviously, you get a chance to learn a lot in your early season. Looking back at the film of the two games, what did you like? Maybe among those two games, and what would you like to work on that you can pull from those two games and show the guys? Well, it's hard to argue with the fact that we scored, um, we averaged probably 85 points a game. You know, I think one day, one game 84, one game 86. Um, I thought we did some really good things. Um, I'll talk about individually in the Vanderbilt game. Um, I thought we, you know, was very aggressive. Um, we played really good in spurts. Um, you you think about it, we were slow starting the mm -hmm. game and slow at second half, starting the second half. But we had two huge spurts in both halves that kind of shows you that, that, you know, obviously we could take off and we can really get going. You look at the uh, BYU game, we came out red hot and did some good things, and then they got hot. You know, it was a kind of a tell of two different halves. And, um they really shot the ball very well. And, you know, a lot of those were, you know, uh, they got out in transition. And it's um, – they're a good basketball team because they've got, you know, four to five guys on every given night that can shoot the three that's on the floor at the same time. Yeah, I think they made a combined 28 threes in the two games. That's what they do. They're averaging 13 made threes mm -hmm. yeah. per game. Now, they're new to the Big 12, and maybe it showed up in the preseason media poll – because they were picked to finish 13th in the yeah. Big 12. They're not a, they're not a 13th place team no. in any league, are they? I wouldn't be shocked if they were ranked today. Uh, I don't know that they will be, uh, but I do think that they're a good team because of their ability to shoot the basketball. You looked at some of those second half when they made their big run and, and, and scored a lot of points. There were some contested threes that they made, and there were some times where your guys got lost on trying to defend the three. What was the balance that you looked back at, at well, those two things? The, the balance is, you know, this is the one game that I didn't think we executed the defensive scout report uh, to the best of its ability. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we had, if you look at our season, we had defended the three-point line mm -hmm. really well. If you look at the first half, we defended the three-point line very well. I think we only, I think they, you know, they made um, five or six, mm -hmm. uh, which is still not, a, you know, not great, but to defend. But I think we gave up nine in the second half and, they kind of got going and, um, you know, that kind of hurt us a little bit because we'd been guarding the three-point line very well. A um, lot to learn from that part of it because, you know, we, we labeled them as greens, yellows, or red, and we let the greens make a lot of shots. Yeah, well, They have a lot of greens. They That's have right. a lot of greens. Right? <laughs> they got more green. They got more greens than we will see. But, you know, it's a learning experience for our guys. Um, 
we saw what we're capable offensively. We saw some things that we did well. Um, we'll go back to the drawing board. It's early in the in the season and something that you can learn from. And what we talked about is, hey, you know what? If we learn from this, then, you know, you can ex- accept the loss early. Um, but if we don't, then that's a problem. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, we take full responsibility to, you know, obviously get back on track. But we lost to a really good team now. Yeah, you know, no it wasn't, doubt. you know. Um, you mentioned the scouting report. And before you leave Raleigh, you know you're going to play either Arizona State or BYU. So how does that work? Do you assign the duties of scouting each of those teams to an assistant coach before you take off? Yeah, one assistant will, you know, obviously had the Vandy game. And then one assistant would have uh, Arizona State and one assistant has um, um, BYU. And so, you know, obviously they when then, you know, in those tournament situations is the only time that you can live scout. And so obviously mm. they've been working on looking at game tape, but they, we could also sit there and watch that game afterwards because it's an MTE tournament situation. Or if you're missing a football, you can live scout. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a good one. That's only Get you some binoculars. So Vanderbilt's leading scorer, Ezra Magnon, didn't play. How early did you know that? And I'm sure you spent a lot of time preparing to play a guy that had been to the free throw line 34 times, and then all of a sudden he's not playing. How well, does we, that change you? Well, we didn't find out until um, we were about to tip off uh, and maybe even warm-ups. Um, you know, he had he was walking around the um, facility at times uh, without a boot, then he had a boot on, and then he went through shoot-around and all that other stuff. You know, I think it's in some respects, because um, he's really a really good basketball player, but I thought they became tougher to guard because they, they got their leading score back from last year mm-hmm. who could really score the basketball. Uh, Ezra's really good. He's great at paint touches, but he's not a great shooter. And I think it became they became a little bit more dangerous. And then adding post guys um, mm-hmm. to the mix. Um, Lubin, who was really good uh, at Notre Dame and then transferred over, you know, really helped him because it took one of the – they were playing a freshman at times at the, in the post. And, um, you know, so they became a little bit more dangerous and a little bit more offensive-minded team. You know? Yeah, Tyron Lawrence didn't look rusty at all. No. I mean, he yeah. scored the first basket of the game and ended up with 21 points. Got, he got to the foul line 14 times. Right. Was 10 out of 14. Pretty good player. Hey, Wolfpack fans, Food Lion is the proud sponsor of Score to Give More. For every free throw the pack makes this season, Food Lion Feeds will donate 100 meals to a local area food bank to help our neighbors in need this winter. And in that game against BYU, NC State was 16 of 22 from the foul line. And that means uh, 1,600 more meals were donated through the Food Lion Feeds score to give more. Food Lion is the official grocer of the ACC. We'll continue our conversation momentarily. So stay with us. This is Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats from Learfield. Back with the action. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever? That's right, Jim. With an irresistible taste and zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any sports fan. So make sure you... Wait, Jim, I didn't mean try it right now. We're still on the air. Mmm, best Coke ever? Take a taste, Jen. Really? No, not right now, Jen. we got a game to call. 
let's face it, there's a lot of trash talking basketball. But legendary teams let their performance do the talking. Like the Ford Bronco SUV. Rugged and powerful, so you can conquer just about any terrain. Connectivity that allows you to stay in touch. Designed to make your adventures worth talking about for years to come. Ford Bronco and Bronco Sport. That's what legends are made of. See your Carolina Ford dealer today. Some model strings and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Next June, legends will be made. Going back to history and tradition and you know putting your name on trophies that have the legends of the game on them, that's really cool. You strip everything away and you're left with how you made people feel and, and, and what people thought of you, and you know that is important to me. And future stars will be born when the 124th U.S. Open Championship returns to Pinehurst Resort and Country Club, June 10th through the 16th, 2024. Tickets on sale now at usopen.com forward slash tickets. We know there's only one team you want to watch, and Bally Sports is the place to get your wolf pack. Join Bally Sports every week as we dive into the heart of the action with exclusive interviews with coaches and players across NC State Athletics. Relive every incredible highlight and get in-depth breakdowns from each game. Watch NC State, one with Wolfpack, on Bally Sports South every Monday at 3.30 and stream it on the Bally Sports app. Bally Sports, home of the only team you want to watch. Harris Teeter, we know that game day can happen any day. That's why we always come through in the clutch with mouth-watering spreads, the freshest appetizers, and the juiciest cuts of quality meat. If it's game day and you're looking for a home field advantage, Harris Teeter is always on your team. The MT-1 Series tractor from LS is a powerhouse packed in a compact footprint, and it's now available with high-capacity loader attachment. This tractor loader package provides you everything you need to get the job done right. Visit your local dealer or check us out online at lstractorusa.com to experience the LS difference for yourself. Rules, restrictions, eligibility, and participation may apply. This is Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats and Coach Keats and his NC State Wolfpack will face off against Ole Miss tomorrow night in the first ever ACC-SEC Challenge. And that game will tip at 9 o'clock, and we'll begin our pregame coverage beginning at 8 p.m. Coach Keats will return and be with us in the next segment. I'm Tony Haynes, along with Jeff Gravely, and the pack split a pair in Vegas on Thursday and Friday, beating Vanderbilt Thursday, and then uh, BYU uh, just couldn't miss in the second half. Great three-point shooting team knocked off the pack on Friday. But I'll tell you what, in those two games, uh, Jeff Grabley, Casey Morsell looked like a fifth-year senior playing at the top of his game. Very impressive. You know, he's, he's known for that corner three, which he hit, but I was impressed with some of the other moves that he had. Really played with a physicality that mm-hmm. you like to see in a big guard. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the guy's been around the block. Of course, he played the, a couple of years at Virginia, then transferred in here. He decided to take his extra COVID year and return to the pack. Uh, this season, and he's playing his best basketball. So the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, Double-figure scorer last year. Uh, he's upped his game uh, this season. But one of the things that uh, he's made a priority this year is to become more of a vocal leader. 
Well, honestly, you, you first got to be great communicators. Um, great communicators, um, of course, you know, you know, you could work and be a good example, but um, trying to verbally um, bring the guys along, um, you know, is definitely a, a good thing that could be a great benefit to this team. And then also, um, you know, just you know, showing guys the way. I think uh, a lot of guys have questions and, you know, are afraid to kind of ask. And um, just being there just, you know, for emotional and, you know, for support as well. He went to Virginia, you know, started his career there, as we mentioned, and he was there for a couple of years. When he arrived at UVA, they were one year removed from a national championship. But he made the tournament at UVA. But interestingly enough, between his experience at Virginia and here at NC State last season, he's still not been a part of a team that won an NCAA tournament game. How about that? That's amazing. Hopefully we can change that this year. Well, and according to uh, Casey, you know, just making the tournament this year is not enough. 100%. Um, I, don't, I don't think making the tournament um, is enough uh, for me personally. Uh, I just, you know, we've, we've, we've had the opportunity to go and play, but um, I want to win. I've never won in a tournament, um, and um, that's kind of the next step for the program. Because this is what not just this school or this, you know, this program deserves, the city of Raleigh deserves it. You know, whether you're playing in the tournament or you're broadcasting in the tournament, you go there for the first time, you notice it's different. It's mm-hmm. it's a big deal. But after going there the first time, like some of these guys did uh, last season, you realize when you lose that first-round game, you really want more. Yeah, I think it was an interesting situation that they got to experience last year because only Casey and DJ Burns had ever been to the NCAA tournament a year ago. And there may be some guys this year that have not been before. So it's a destination uh, opportunity, but it's also an opportunity to advance your program as well. As we said, NC State will be bouncing back from its first loss of the season when it goes up against Ole Miss uh, tomorrow night. NC State jumped out to a 4-0 start, played some good basketball, and then uh, fell to BYU on Friday night. And this team early in the season has shown a lot of potential, but according to Casey Morsell, there's still plenty of room for growth. To be honest, I think we're still trying to figure that out. Um, I think, you know, the identity is something that takes time. Um, right now, we're still trying to learn each other and build chemistry um, and, and grow in that area. Um, and then once we've realized, okay, what, you know, everyone's strengths and weaknesses are, then we could build an identity where we could be successful. Yeah, I think that's the key here, trying to build an identity with such a new group of guys. You know, the returnees, the familiar faces are Casey Morsell and, and DJ Burns, but they're still trying to put this all together. Individually, We've seen the the JD uh, Jaden Taylors and the DJ Horns uh, put together big games, and in fact, uh, Casey Morsell has been really impressed with the, all of NC State's uh, roster additions. Of course, DJ Horn, um, you know, a, a veteran um, guy who's bringing a lot of leadership and also a lot of um, experience to the program. Um, and also, I mean, one of my favorites has been Middlebrooks. Um, as you know, extreme versatility. Um, he can stretch the floor. He could, you know, just make, you know, the bigs, um, you know, super, super uncomfortable trying to guard him out that far. So, um, and also Michael Connell. Michael Connell has been great. Um, he has a different feel. He has more of like a European feel um, because of his his touch and strictly how he always looks to kind of create, um, which is something that I don't think. You know, a lot of NC State teams have had in the past. So um, I'm super excited. I think all of them have been great in their own way. Um, but, you know, that was definitely been probably the best. He mentioned Ben Middlebrooks. We have yet to see the best of Ben. 
and the problem he had, in, especially in that Vanderbilt game on Thursday, is uh, the foul trouble. He, he, he got called for a couple of, uh, uh, you know, they were question. I call them phantom calls as you watch the game. But uh, they still, you can see it in practice. I know in the uh, quote-unquote secret scrimmage they had against Georgia, he put up a double-double big number. So, and he you know, started the, best the, is the yet to exhibition come. game because of that secret right. scrimmage yeah. game as well. Yeah, the best is yet to come, I think, for uh, Ben Middlebrooks. All right, so the first-ever ACC-SEC Challenge. It'll be some compelling matchups. That's why TV puts this together. Let's take a look at what's coming up on night one. That'll be tomorrow night. Number 25, Mississippi State, will go to Georgia Tech. That'll be a 7 o'clock start. Also at 7 p.m., Notre Dame visits South Carolina. Another 7 o'clock start has Syracuse at 4-2 and two hosting LSU. Both of those teams, by the way, or 4-2. and two. 7.30 start tomorrow night. You got number 10 going up against number 16, Kentucky. The Hurricanes, of course, coming off a Final Four appearance. They're off to a great start for Jim Laranega at 5-0. and oh. Also at 7.30 tomorrow night, it'll be a 5-2 and two Missouri team going up against 5-1 and one Pittsburgh. Mentioned the NC State Ole Miss game at 9 o'clock. And then at 9.30, Clemson at 5-0 goes to number 17, Alabama, which is 5-1. and one. Any of those uh, matchups uh, stand out to you? You know, I think Miami-Kentucky could be a very interesting game. I look at that, I'm like, it, it kind of – we were used to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. There were some matchups that were very appealing. But I kind of like the, the, the new matchups that we get to see here with the SEC and the ACC um, – you know, Notre Dame at South Carolina. If that were a women's game, that would be a marquee matchup. In the men's game, I don't know if it is. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that Miami-Kentucky game could be very, very interesting, as is Clemson at Alabama. So a good mix of uh, contest on the road. The Wolfpack will be on the road. I think it will be a, a great opportunity to kind of grow uh, from where you've started the season. It's still young. Uh, for you've heard Casey Morcell talk about trying to get to know each other. I think this is a great opportunity to do that. All right, uh, Wednesday night, second night of the ACC SEC Challenge. Here's one: number seven Tennessee against number fourteen North Carolina. That'll be in Chapel Hill. Twelfth ranked Texas A&M travels to number twenty-four Virginia. That'll be at seven fifteen. Also at seven fifteen, it's Florida visiting Wake Forest. The Deacons are off to a three and three start. Gators four and two. At 8 o'clock on Wednesday, this is outside of the challenge. Bellarmine is going up against the struggling Louisville team, which is 3-3. Three and three. Then we back get back to the challenge at 9-15. It'll be ninth-ranked Duke at number 20, Arkansas. At uh, 9-15, NC State's opponent on Saturday, Boston College, is at Vanderbilt. BC 4-2, Vandy is 3-3. 9-15, Georgia is at uh, Florida State. And then at 9-15, final game on Wednesday, Virginia Tech goes to Auburn. Coach Keats rejoins us after this. You are listening to Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats from Learfield. North Carolina is known for its legendary barbecue joints, and the pit proudly continues this tradition by serving authentic whole hog pit-cooked barbecue. It's all at the pit in downtown Raleigh's warehouse district, just two miles from the NC State campus. A celebration of all of the great culinary offerings of the Old North State, the pit has made a name for itself as the destination for the state's signature cuisine. So when you're hungry like a wolf, you know what to do. Visit the pit in Raleigh. 
Hey, Pack fans, did you know over the past decade, Revels Chirp and Tractor and John Deere have provided chirp equipment to maintain the sports fields at NC State. They're pleased to feature new and pre-owned golf and sports chirp maintenance equipment. Revels Chirp and Tractor has a location in Myrtle Beach and their home base in Fuquay, Verena, or RevelsTractor.com. You're now able to provide the same field conditions that the Pack plays on each week with the help of Revels Chirp and Tractor. Revels Chirp and Tractor is proud to support Wolfpack Athletics. Gotta move. That's usually the reaction. It's the mountain of stuff that's got to be packed, organized, and transferred, which is where Miracle Movers of Raleigh steps in. They're in the business of moving mountains. It's like a miracle because you don't have to stress. You just hand it over to the pros at Miracle Movers. Their top-notch team takes care of all the details. Whether it's a big move or small, local or long distance, Miracle Movers does it all. Moving, packing, even storage. Reach out for a miracle today and get a free estimate at MiracleMoversUSA.com. Wolfpack fans needing to stay overnight? Book with the new Town Place Suites by Marriott Raleigh University area located at 3771 Thistledown Drive. This beautiful property is just minutes from NC State's Centennial Campus, PNC Arena, and Carter-Finley Stadium. It's all studio suites with full kitchenettes and Wi-Fi. And with amenities like an on-site restaurant, the Wolf's Den, an enhanced fitness center, business center, great outdoor space with Weber grills and a fire pit, you'll be sure to enjoy your time with us. Give us a call at 984-300-1410 and ask about our NC State University discount rates. Go Pack! Nothing feels as good as a win, but a few things are more important. I'm Larry Barber, President and CEO of North State Bank. We believe everyone should be treated with dignity and respect on and off the field or the court, in life and in business. Get better together and win together. If that sounds like the bank for you, visit NorthStateBank.com. North State Bank, the best call you'll ever make. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Proud supporters of the Wolfpack. Together, that's how we stay in the game, ready to play. As one great team, UNC Health is keeping you well by bringing renewed focus, approach, and dedicated services close to you. Exceptional care is what you and your family deserve. Together, let's put points on the board for life well played. Team up with UNC Health, official healthcare provider of NC State Athletics. NC State and Ole Miss coming up tomorrow night. It is the first ACC-SEC Challenge. We'll pack four and one. And Ole Miss off to a quality start at five and oh. And we'll talk about the Rebels a little bit later on in the show. We're kind of uh, reflecting on the two games in Las Vegas. NC State beating Vanderbilt on Thursday, then coming up short against BYU on Friday. That was 95 to 86. It was an interesting game, Kevin, because BYU came out at the beginning of the game and looked like a team that had never faced a press before. I mean, they had a bunch of turnovers, and it allowed your team to jump out to a double-digit lead. But then they stopped turning the ball over, and they handled the press. Uh, did they make some adjustments against the pressure to have some success? Well, I just think they settled in a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's a, the one thing about our style and their style, it's um, – it's hard to simulate in practice, um, you know, and especially in this situation, you didn't have practice. It was a no prep day. You know, you played the next day. And, you know, I think once they settled in and, um, you know, stopped turning it over, they became a little bit more comfortable. We try to make them a little bit more uncomfortable. And same thing with us. It's hard to simulate those guys without practice because their movement and their ability to shoot it from all positions. You know, to be honest with you, with the, with the when the center – got hurt 
and um, didn't play. It was tougher on us because they were able to play their more power forward at center at times, and then they were able to put a bigger guy in who was actually a little bit more skilled than the starting center. And so it kind of made you – it put us in more scramble situations than we would like to be in. Defense has been your calling card the whole year. Other than that period in the second half against Vandy, have you been able to pack that with you every single game that you've played so far? We have, and we talked about defense travels, and you know we still were aggressive and and um, forcing turnovers and mm-hmm. doing some stuff. You know, it was it was one of those games where a team played to their strength and they got to it. I mean, you know, I don't know that you know we're going to play another team on our roster that on any given night has four guys to five guys on the floor who are all probably 35 to 37 percent three-point shooters you know overall you mentioned they brought in their basically their third three uh, third string center big guy from egypt um their backup center uh couldn't play because he was ejected from the previous game got into a scuffle um and then their starting center is only six six so when they got to the third string guy, and with his body type mm-hmm. and his size, Kevin was was he better equipped to maybe battle DJ Burns and maybe some of those other guys? Well, I think his skill level. Mm-hmm. You know, they ran more perimeter stuff where he could handle the ball, he could shoot the three, so he had to pay a little bit more attention. Where the other two guys were just low post scores. Uh, good passers, but they were low poor scores. But it allowed him to stay on the perimeter and help some of those guards get some free shots. As Ali Khalifa had five assists to lead BYU on, on that night, uh, a particular couple of times on dribble handoffs and also some uh, backdoor cuts, he was very effective. What did you see defensively that did not work for you guys trying to defend those two things? Well, I thought we lost them in transition. Uh, a few times and I thought you know we didn't touch off on some switches and that led to some corner threes where we did we we pointed and we had some long distance switching instead of coming together switching those screens and um, they burned us which is a good team that, that will burn you if you don't touch off and you don't come together on your switches. So it was the first loss of the season. What was your message to the team in the locker room? Well, it's it was it's obviously you find a lot about your team when you you lose your first game and you know everybody in our league has lost a game except for um uh, Miami and Clemson. And so you just you have to figure out, all right, you know, okay, where do we go from here? It you can accept it uh if it one of those things that you grow from and you learn from it. Um, but you find out a lot about yourself, you know, the next few days when you do get back in practice and, you know, attitudes. And, you know, no one lo- likes to, to lose. And we had a really good game against Vandy, had a great opportunity against BYU. We just came up a little short. And, you know, we just got to grow from it. It's so early. And, you know, I got, you know, when, I, when we talk about a team, we got eight new guys. And, you know, you just want to learn together and grow together and get better together. D.J. Burns uh, shot a a low percentage for him, 33% against Vanderbilt, but then got back up to 70% against BYU. Still was very effective in both games. What did you think of his overall play in those two games? Well, I didn't think he was clicking offensively against Vandy, um, and I think he was uh, more patient and – you know, picked his spots against BYU and made some shots. Um, he missed some shots around the rim uh, versus Vandy that he normally would make. Um, but, you know, that being said, I don't worry about him because I know, you know, he'll get it going and, and he'll make big shots for us and he'll make the right play offensively to find his teammates. Most impressive play that I saw 
Vanderbilt under six minutes. DJ with a deflection. Outruns a guard. Hits the floor. Tips it to Dennis Parker Jr. for the slam. You know what? And you know what? Gets on the floor. Yes. He does some good things. And, um, you know, that's just a sign. And, you know, when you got your your center that's diving on the floor, it just it, it resonates through your whole team. And, um, you know, I think our guys really saw that. And, you know, we one thing one thing that this team does is this team plays extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a you know, that says a lot about them. I yeah. love those yeah. kind of plays. Yeah, and I'm just trying to call. He, he, he was out there guarding a ball screen on that play, was he? Now, yes. You normally don't ask him to show on a ball screen. Was that more of an instinctive move on his part? Well, no, we would love him at times. Um, you know, he, you know, obviously, you know, he's gotten better at ball screen coverage, and he's got to continue to get better because uh, a lot of people would just scratch their playbook and try to run, you know, middle ball screens. And, um, you know, the tapes – will show that he can and he can't. But certainly when you look at, you know, those type of tapes, he's had a couple. I think I can't remember which home game that he did a great job on ball screens, got a steal, and then he uh, that led to an easy um, – well, he made a great play to Jaden Taylor for a layup on the other end, you know. The other thing about DJ, I think you said last week that you were going to point out to him that DJ was second in, in rebounding, and it was DJ Horn. Uh, he got after it rebounding in Vegas with with 16 rebounds. So, obviously, whatever you said worked. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants um, – and, and there's no disrespect to D.J. Horn, but nobody wants D.J. Horn to be lead the team in rebounding <laughs> in the game. And so, I kind of, you know, jabbed at those post guys a little bit, and they took it. Yeah. All right, let's get into the elephant in the room. Dennis Parker Jr. got in a little pu- pushing and shoving match. It was not a big deal. Um, but then – uh, ben Middlebrooks and KJ Keats leave the bench, which you're, you're not allowed to do. So they're automatically ejected from the game. Uh, did, was there a sense, Kevin, that there was some chippiness building throughout that game? Well, I was disappointed um, in the fact that they had to leave the game. We were in a media timeout. Mm-hmm. And um, my my um, displeasure with them was with media timeout, and they were right at our free throw line. Um I think, in my opinion, that was something you could pass on. Um, you know, didn't push anybody, um, you know. But, you know, you got two teams that were competing. It was a championship situation. Uh, emotions were really high. And that's kind of what you get out of it. And, you know, I, I it was some point that I felt like our guys um, were getting the short end on some calls. And obviously I'm going to fight and always fight for my guys and our team. And, you know, I just at the end of the day, I got really bothered by some of the situations that I saw. Yeah. yeah and you had the same officiating crew both nights. Right? Yeah. Which is yeah. which is different in right. all my years of re, um, of coaching in a tournament situation these are destination situations and you usually have six officials maybe seven on site but I've never had the same entire crew for both games all right the reason I bring that up because the first night against Vanderbilt it seemed like that Ben Middlebrooks just by reporting to the scores table would be called for a foul. I mean, there were a couple there that they seemed like phantom calls just watching the game at a distance. And we were doing the game remotely, in this case, uh, watching a a monitor. He clearly was frustrated. He would smile, but it wasn't because he thought it was funny. Uh, It was frustrating for him. How about for you? Well, it is because, I mean, I I don't – in Ben's situation, one of my biggest complaints is I think that uh, D.J. Burns – 
gets fouled more than anybody in the league and doesn't really necessarily, you know, get get the the fouls he deserves because of his size. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when you know Ben is one of our better post defenders, and he hasn't been able to be that way. You know, and and he got 15 fouls on the season right mm-hmm. now which is really tough. And, you know, we either, uh, we've we got to adjust and, and do something different or you know, hopefully they'll start calling the game a little bit different. But it's a little frustrating because sometimes I feel like that DJ Burns don't get the calls he deserve and then we kind of get them on the other end. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break, and we'll have more with Coach Keats right after this. So stay tuned. You're listening to Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats from Learfield. Let's face it, there's a lot of trash talking basketball. But legendary teams let their performance do the talking. Like the Ford Bronco SUV. Rugged and powerful, so you can conquer just about any terrain. Connectivity that allows you to stay in touch. Designed to make your adventures worth talking about for years to come. Ford Bronco and Bronco Sport. That's what legends are made of. See your Carolina Ford dealer today. Some model streams and features may not be available or may be subject to change. For the fourth year in a row, North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance was ranked the best insurance company in the nation by Auto Body Pros. With quick payments on top quality parts, our experienced claims team is in your corner every step of the way to put your repairs in the rear view. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance. Helping you is what we do best. SeatGeek's the ticketing app for fans like the sideline shot caller. Come on, boys, pick up the pace! SeatGeek got him a great deal on seats right near the action, so when he yells, What are you doing? He can be absolutely sure the players heard him. SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more. So fans can fan. And we're back with the action. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever? That's right, Jim. With an irresistible taste and zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any sports fan. So make sure you... Wait, Jim, I didn't mean try it right now. We're still on the air. Mmm, best Coke ever? Take a taste, Jen. Really? No, not right now, Jen. We got a game to call. From the mountains to the coast, 2.5 million North Carolinians are members of an electric cooperative. As a co-op member, you're part of exciting efforts to power a brighter future in Wolfpack Nation. From innovative energy projects that make the grid more resilient and sustainable to initiatives that strengthen local communities and services that make managing your energy use easier, electric cooperatives are here for you. Learn more at nclectriccooperatives.com brighter. Next June, legends will be made. Going back to history and tradition and you know, putting your name on trophies that have the legends of the game on them, that's really cool. You strip everything away and you're left with how you made people feel and, and, and what people thought of you, and you know, that is important to me. And future stars will be born when the 124th U.S. Open Championship returns to Pinehurst Resort and Country Club, June 10th through the 16th, 2024. Tickets on sale now at usopen.com forward slash tickets. Pretty 
top tones of Wolfpack games this season with Wolfpack predictions presented by North State Bank. It's free to play. Just answer questions and you could win great prizes. So go to wolfpackpredictions.com or visit the official GoPack mobile app, 18 or older. Terms and conditions apply. We're back. This is Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats. Coaches here. I'm Tony Haynes along with Jeff Gravely. Uh, looking back to the uh, 95-86 loss to BYU and there were uh, uh, numerous ejections. But I go back to that one play, Kevin, where Dennis Parker Jr., uh, it was a play where Casey Morsell got the ball in the paint, scored off the glass, drew contact. He was down on the floor. Dennis was trying to go help him, pick mm -hmm. him up off the floor. Kind of the BYU player was standing there in his way. You could two tell. of them. Yeah, two mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. And so Dennis gave him a little shove, and then there was a shove back, and they called double technicals. Was it really necessary to call double technicals in you that know, situation? In my opinion, you, you break it up, you want them, everybody goes to their bench, and we move on. You know, and a part of that could have been because of uh, BYU and Arizona State got into it the night before. So maybe they were coming in and just wanted to clean it up. Um, but I think every game is different. And same could be said for the Jaden Taylor technical foul, too. I mean, he's basically trying to fight through a screen. Um, to me, there was no flagrant part about it. Um, that ultimately led to an early exit for you. But really, you were just more concerned. You wanted to get to the locker room to make sure KJ was okay. That's the whole reason. Well, right? I wanted to get answers. And, you know, I'm the head coach. And if I'm, I'm asking you and you can't really give me a reason why there was a technical foul, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm not going to take that. And, you know, I felt like that our guys were, um, listen, I'm going to fight and always going to stand up for my team and always stand up for this program. And I just didn't feel like that we were getting what we deserved. Yeah, and over the years I've watched you here, uh, you like to have a conversation with officials when mm -hmm. you can. But generally speaking, you're not attacking them. You're not all over them. Uh, but as you say, sometimes you come to the point where you got to defend your players. Had you ever been ejected? before i have oh you have it's been a couple times okay. um i remember maybe once or twice one once was at virginia tech um earlier in, in my um career here and then maybe one other time i think it's two maybe three possibly okay he doesn't get a lot of technicals so. though no 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 well i listen i i just want to be just give me the information i may not like it but don't ignore me mm -hmm. you know and because i want to be able to use it as teaching moments and you know, uh, don't have an attitude, you know, about, you know, certain situations. And some officials will do that, correct? I mean, they all have a different style and the way they communicate or some, in some cases don't communicate. Some of the best officials are the ones who talk to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. Did you feel it was a little frustrating couple of games for your bigs other than DJ Burns and, and Middlebrooks and, and Mo? Well, when you say – they, they weren't as productive as they had been before. There was a sense of, you know, like uh, Diara wasn't two points and two points. Yeah. That's not normal yeah, Mo, for him. Mo has been himself. You know, he's he, if you remember the end of the Charleston Southern game, we took him off for a while. His ankle has been bothering him. Gotcha. And so he's he hasn't been 100 percent. 
And so he's never really got going. And then Ben, obviously, he's getting called for every time he walks on the court. So he he wasn't, you know, there. But all of that being said, you know, uh, th- these guys will grow and build on it and get better and be ready in their next opportunity. You know? All right, let's get to the basketball part of this now. Dennis Parker, Jr., great game against Vanderbilt, 18.7 of 10 from the field, nine rebounds. He had a couple of assists. He did a little bit of everything. Is uh, that just kind of a, a tip of the iceberg of coming attractions? with him well it, it, you're gonna get uh highs and lows with young men and freshmen and you saw uh, a tremendous uh high of what he's capable of doing and playing well very aggressive you know straight line drive rebounding running the floor i thought that was great uh you know i thought he got a little handsy um against byu and kind of took him out of the first half and never really got into a rhythm of that game just because he got two quick fouls and and um then you know coming in as a freshman in the second half is kind of tough when you never really got going but that being said, he's going to be really good for us because we don't have anybody on our team that's like him, that's unique, that can play, you know, small forward. He can play uh, small ball four-man if we have to. And he's really good at that, and he's getting better. As a freshman, you just want to play, you know, find out a way to play. Has he kind of uh, not accepted the role, but embraced the role of being the sixth man coming off the bench? Yeah. I just think he, you know, I don't even think he cares about that. I think he just looks forward to his opportunity. And if it's, you know, if he's able to get starter minutes, he's happy with it. If he's able to come in and, you know, as a freshman, you know, when you look around college basketball, there are not a lot of freshmen playing. And um, he's one of them that's playing and contributing at a high level. And um, he's only going to get better. Vanderbilt and BYU combined for 27 second chance points in Vegas. Is defensive rebounding becoming a concern for you? Not a concern, but we have to get better. Um, You know, it's not, you know, I'm not saying, hey, you know, it's a major, major problem for us, but we have to get better. When you look at um, BYU, and I told them it's a lot more on our guards uh, because they take so many threes, they're going to be long rebounds, and we got to do a good job on that part of it. But not a major concern, but something that we're monitoring and they continue to get better at. DJ Horn found his three-point shot in Vegas. I Mm -hmm. think he was, what was he, uh, six out of ten in Vegas. You said he was a guy that's going to find it, and is that something that – most things stay – what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but you'd like his three-point <laughs> shooting to come back home. Yeah, we're gonna, we want that to travel. We don't want that to stay in <laughs> Vegas. But, no, he, I don't worry about him. He's a natural scorer. He's always been um, – you know, he's, he's still learning how to play the way we play defensively and then obviously contribute on the offensive end. Uh, Diara was – his minutes were limited in Vegas. What's he dealing with? Well, just he, he because of the fact that an ankle's been bothering him, he his practice time has been very limited uh, early in the week, and he's just he's more of a rhythms guy, and he he's not in a rhythm right now, and and hopefully in the next, you know, between um, the time he played in Vegas yesterday's practice and today, that he can get in some type of rhythm for the game tomorrow. Uh, BYU reminded me of Virginia a little bit in that they came out and doubled both post guys mm. right away, and including DR. Is that, generally speaking, is that what they normally do defensively? Well, it's different than Virginia because Virginia likes to double from post to post. They like to double from whoever's in help side um, in, in the paint on the baseline side. So they play on the top side of you, and they, they double from the help side um, in the paint from the, from the baseline. 
And, and it's not so much that they're coming to double, but they try to force you to spend baseline and then help comes. The game that Casey Marcel had against BYU was very impressive. It wasn't just knocking down threes. He scored from all over the court. Your impressions of that game from a veteran. Yeah, you know, uh, I was so I, – I wish we'd have won the game sure. because I want to win as a team. But for Casey, the way he played and – and played extremely well, and that's what our vision is from him, running the floor and getting easy shots and driving the basketball, you know, um, you know, getting to his mid-range pull-up. So he had a really good game for us, and, you know, I wish we could have won uh, as he played well also. Yeah, he was really good in both of those games, and uh, what impressed me against uh, BYU, uh, the way he was getting the ball in the paint, he got to the free throw line seven times. Is, is he learning now that that uh, he doesn't always have to just settle uh, for jump shots in any case because he is a good shooter. That I don't remember him being as aggressive uh, mm-hmm. with the ball in his hands as he was against BYU. Well, we're trying to get him to do more things than just shoot the basketball, meaning he's, you know, tough defensively, create some stuff on your, on your defense, get a few more. What I would like him to do is get a few more offensive rebounds, go to the glass, um, but also his ball movement. And, you know, when he's uh, – He's a great sprint away guy on all type of penetration. And so if he can get away and get some easy shots, it really helps our team. All right, we're going to take a final break here and uh, more to come. NC State against Ole Miss tomorrow night in the ACC-SEC Challenge. We'll talk about when we return. This is Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats from Learfield. Hey, Pack fans, did you know over the past decade, Rebels Chirp and Tractor and John Deere have provided chirp equipment to maintain the sports fields at NC State. They're pleased to feature new and pre-owned golf and sports chirp maintenance equipment. Rebels Chirp and Tractor has a location in Myrtle Beach and their home base in Fuquay Varina or RebelsTractor.com. You're now able to provide the same field conditions that the Pack plays on each week with the help of Rebels Chirp and Tractor. Rebels Chirp and Tractor is proud to support Wolfpack Athletics. Hello, it's Coach Kevin Keats with Wolfpack Basketball, and we're happy to have Easter Automotive Group support Pack Basketball this year. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks, Coach. I'm John Heaster for the Heaster Automotive Group, and you know, I'm pulling for the Pack this year, and I hope we win a ton of games. But I know how you can win. If you're in the market for a vehicle or need your vehicle service, we have four locations around the Triangle in Sanford, Lillington, and Fuquay Arena. So get off your Keaster and come to Heaster and go Pack! North Carolina is known for its legendary barbecue joints, and the pit proudly continues this tradition by serving authentic whole hog pit-cooked barbecue. It's all at the pit in downtown Raleigh's warehouse district, just two miles from the NC State campus. A celebration of all of the great culinary offerings of the Old North State, the pit has made a name for itself as the destination for the state's signature cuisine. So when you're hungry like a wolf, you know what to do. Visit the pit in Raleigh. Sometimes everything goes your way, and sometimes it doesn't. Just like on the field or on the court, life and business have ups and downs. I'm Larry Barber, President and CEO of North State Bank, and that's why you need to call us. We'll be with you no matter what comes your way. North State Bank, the best call you'll ever make. Visit NorthStateBank.com to learn more. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, and home to Wolfpack fans. 
gotta move. Ugh. That's usually the reaction. It's the mountain of stuff that's gotta be packed, organized, and transferred, which is where Miracle Movers of Raleigh steps in. They're in the business of moving mountains. It's like a miracle because you don't have to stress. You just hand it over to the pros at Miracle Movers. Their top-notch team takes care of all the details. Whether it's a big move or small, local or long distance, Miracle Movers does it all. Moving, packing, even storage. Reach out for a miracle today and get a free estimate at MiracleMoversUSA.com. At Harris Teeter, we know that game day can happen any day. That's why we always come through in the clutch with mouth-watering spreads, the freshest appetizers, and the juiciest cuts of quality meat. If it's game day and you're looking for a home field advantage, Harris Teeter is always on your team. Tomorrow night, we'll be on the air at 8 o'clock for pregame coverage from Oxford, Mississippi, as NC State goes up against Ole Miss, and that'll be a 9 p.m. tip. Welcome back to the show. This is Wolfpack Weekly with Kevin Keats. I'm Tony Haynes with Jeff Gravely, and uh, we've seen some of the pressure. We mentioned in the BYU game that uh, the press were very effective early in that contest on Friday. It's still early in the season. Kevin, where are you in terms of installing all of your defenses right now? Well, I mean, we're getting there, and, and you can't, you know, we don't have, I, I would say we got, um, you know, most of them in. We got a couple other things that we can throw in, but, you know, you just, you got to be careful with this um, new group of mm-hmm. not giving them so much early and just obviously trying to be really <clears> good at what, we, what we're doing right now. And our man-to-man's been very effective. Our 2-2-1's been very effective. And just keep building. And I think, you know, we're, we're getting it. The, the guys are understanding what we're trying to get out of our pressure. Yeah, you talk about a new group. It's interesting. In the old days, guys would be in a program for three or four years. Uh, now – every year seems like you get a different team in a lot of places, not just NC State. Does that kind of force you to phase in parts of your system? As it, you does. it does. And it does. And it, and, it, and it forces you to, you know, put it in a little quicker and and it forces you to actually you, – you, what we've had to do is we've had to play a lot of, a lot more five-on-five five situations in practice opposed to drills because, you know, obviously you're going to get in five-on-five five situations in the game. When you're installing an offense, installing a defense, which one is more apt to be learned quicker when you've got a new group? Guys running offense together or defense together? Well, it it depends on the group. It really does. I mean, it it really comes down to, uh, you know, the group of guys that you recruit and – you know, do you have defensive-minded guys or you have offensive-minded guys? You got offensive-minded guys; they'll find a way to make that offense look good. But if you got some guys who you really have bought in, and you know, I, I, you know, two guys that really stand out from from my standpoint on the defensive end is we've got Jaden Taylor and Casey Morsell both playing at a high level, and Mo before his ankle was a really good defender, and you know, now we got to add some more guys so that. Believe it or not, Ben's a good defender too, but you wouldn't be able to tell because of the fouls that he's getting. Yeah, you can't foul out before you get in the game, can you? Sure you can. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, that was tough for him in that Vanderbilt game. All right, so the Big Ten Challenge has gone away, and now it's the ACC-SEC 
challenge is was there a consensus uh, this is a made for tv event we know what it is but kevin was there a consensus among the acc coaches that uh you guys would like to continue this format even though the big 10 challenge was going away well it, it was it's listen all of these things are dictated by tv and you know i don't even know that anybody knew that the big 10 acc challenge was going to go away uh I, what i will say is that we have a tremendous opportunity as a league to play against another power five league, power five league, and it's two foes. You you want to win because you want to win for yourself and your program and your resume, but we also want to win because we, it helps our league uh, net towards the end of the year just to figure out you know what it looks like. They got uh, Ole Miss first year coach Chris Beard took uh, Texas Tech to the Final Four to the championship game. They've got eight transfers coming in. Are there any guys left on that roster that you can get some intel from Levi Watkins who was there at, at one point? No, completely <laughs> different. Completely different roster, and um, they've done a good job. You know, off to a I want to say uh, six and zero start, five and zero start, and. Um, playing well has got a good tro true road win at Temple and has done some good things and um, you know they don't do a lot but they 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 play power basketball. Flanagan is leading them in scoring. Who is at Auburn? His dad's now assistant at Ole Miss and um, um, Morrell, who we recruited a little bit, and um, Blake Friel, who is um, at Duke. So they got a really good team and um, they got great size and they play really tough. You mentioned Alan Flanagan, 6'6", senior, transfer from Auburn, uh, 28.7 rebounds against Temple, and he's averaging over 20 points per game. Uh, so what's the secret to his success? Well, we got to do a good job of just um, – he's a lefty. He's different. He's athletic. He'll post you up. And so we got to do a good job of making him take tough shots. And, you know, when a guy's scoring that many baskets, you're not going to stop him from scoring, but you want to make sure that he doesn't shoot a great percentage against you. And, I mean, they're talented. It's a really good uh, group, and uh, it'll be a tough game on their floor. And I know our guys will be excited about the opportunity. You just mentioned on their floor this will be your first true road game at, at an opponent's gym. Well, you sure about that? Because I think BYU was uh, in Vegas. No, you're right. Yeah, I, I thought <laughs> I thought the BYU in Vegas was a, a road game. No, I mean, that's a good point. So yeah. that helped prepare you for going into Oxford, Mississippi. There you go. You that's heard anything right. from Jarkel Joyner about uh, going down there and playing his former team? No, you know, he, he's, he's already said that Levi Watkins is not welcome back because, um, you know, <laughs> Because Jarkel came, and so you know Jarkel's been talking trash to Levi, like you're not even allowed in the arena. So we'll see if they let Levi in. You gonna go see Jarkel's dad for a haircut? No, I'm not. But I hope his dad will come to the game. I mean, um, Dad Stacy's a great dude, and uh, man, he was one of my favorite parents and all that stuff. And so I uh, hope we hoping that we can see him. Jarkel, Terquavion, Darion Sebron, all in the G League. Have you tried to keep up with them a little bit? I know Terquavion is off to a great start, top 10 in scoring. Yeah, I have. And, you know, it's, um, you know, and I'll shoot them every now and then, a text to check on them and all that other stuff. But I'm so happy for all of those guys. And they all will find their way into the NBA games at some point this year. And um, I love what they're bringing. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, three guys within the last three years. Um, that we've been here who are really, really um, blossomed and had great careers and going to continue to get better. Sebron has gotten up to the NBA, has mm -hmm. he not? Yes. He got, yeah, yeah and, and all of them all of them will. I mean, it's just an opportunity. They're one step away, and, and all of those guys, um, I know at least um, 
well, I think maybe all of them may be on a two-way, which obviously they have the ability to be called up at any point. Yeah. Isn't it amazing uh, how good the players are in the NBA? And you see how many of these guys that we know to be very good basketball players, and they're still having a tough time getting up there. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a veteran-led league, and, you know, I don't care if you're drafted at, you know, seven, eight, nine, you know, more than likely you're going to spend some time in the G League. There's, you know, we, yeah, there, there are a few guys that's playing – that drafted that's playing up on the big teams, but more than likely most first rounders and second rounders and undrafted guys are gonna spend some time in the G League. And that's where it should be. You gotta develop and the best way to get better is being able to play in the game opposed to sitting and watching, you know. You guys have been able to have when you schedule teams, you <clears throat> you may not know who they're gonna have on their roster. By their coach, you probably know a little bit about their style. You've seen a lot of styles you've gone up against defensively, offensively. Has it been a good mix of things to expose you guys to? You've seen some zone, man, press, um, five in or five out, four in, one in and four out. Have you been able to get a good sample of what college basketball is in these first five games? Well, and just uh, let's not forget, you know, one of the reasons, obviously, you got to build a resume in the non-conference. But one of the reasons you play these teams is to prepare you for college conference play and you want to if you can mirror image some of the teams that you're going to play and you know uh these guys remind you of a lot of teams that you know will pack the pain and they'll come off and you got to make sure you make the extra pass because they're going to sell out to make sure that you don't get paint touches and you got to be able to sprint away and be a willing passer and so you get some of that with some of the teams that we play in our league anyway i think in recent years uh, you took your team out to brooklyn for a game in thanksgiving uh there was a battle for Atlantis uh, this year, uh, the Vegas event we saw on Thursday and Friday. Is it your desire every year to try to get your team into one of those uh, Thanksgiving events? Well, yes, and, and some of them are right before Thanksgiving. Some of them fall right in Thanksgiving, but that's most of the times that you, you got, you know, good MTEs where you're going to have a chance to play against other Power 5 schools or other good programs to be able to build a resume. All right, Kevin, all the best this week. It's a big week for the Pack. Thanks. Go Pack. And we thank you for listening in uh, tonight. Don't forget, we've got uh, Ole Miss and NC State tomorrow night, 9 o'clock tip-off. We'll be on the air with pregame coverage at 8 p.m. Special thanks to our producer engineer, Ben Alexander. For the coach, I'm Tony Haynes with Jeff Gravely. Have yourself a great night. You've been listening to Wolfpack Weekly with Coach Kevin Keats on the Wolfpack Sports Network from Learfield. Tune in every week throughout the season to get the latest news on NC State basketball. Tonight's edition of Wolfpack Weekly has been brought to you by UNC Health, the official health care provider of NC State Athletics. And by Coca-Cola. They say Coke Zero Sugar is irresistibly tasty. Does that make it the best Coke ever? Find out for yourself. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Wolfpack Sports Network.